welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one life-affirming page of Talmud a day. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome my dear friend, Tablet's fearless leader, Alana Newhouse. Hello. Hello. So I always love talking to you about everything in the world, but on today's page, Shabbat 152, I came across a sentence that struck me as if it was written by us. And I want to share it with you and I want to hear your thoughts about it. Here's what the rabbis say. Until the age of 40 years, food is beneficial. From here and on, drinking is beneficial. (laughs) (laughs) What do you make of that? Well, I guess there's a pandemic read of that and a pre-pandemic or maybe, I don't know, I can't even think of post-pandemic. But I guess what I would say, part of the thing that has happened for me in the last few months is a sense of both heightened anxiety and also the absence of community. And I don't know, I, I feel, I'm trying to talk it out with you, but like, I guess the thing that it makes me think about is this idea that, which is central to Jewish life, that there are certain things that we're not prepared for, like, for example, the study of Kabbalah until we reach a certain age. Right. I presume, or I have always felt it, as meaning that we need to be past raising children or childbearing because they gave birth and raised children much earlier then. And that there was a way in which childbearing and child rearing occupies a set your life and teaches you things about yourself that you need as a foundation to understand bigger and even metaphysical issues, which always struck me as right. The only problem for me was that if I waited until post-childbearing years, given the route that my life was taken, I wouldn't be doing anything until I was like 65. (laughs) So, um, So what is curious to me is this idea that there's a similar suggestive route for what you take in to your body, which of course I think makes sense, right? So when you are of childbearing and childrearing ages, food is very important because you need to keep yourself very healthy and very energetic. But there's a way in which once you're done with that, you can now kind of jive with the universe a little more and relax into, you know, right brain, woozy, thinking and feeling things and big ideas out. Once you're done with it, it's, it's always happy hour somewhere. See, I really right. like But of I really course, like it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense because in our lives, we have to do everything at once. So we have to be raising kids and rearing them while we're also trying to have these big ideas and big feelings and loosening up to the universe. Which is why you're saying we need to both indulge in food and drinking. Correct. I'm saying, well, first of all, I need the energy if I'm going to run after these kids, but I also need to relax. <laughs> um, so, and I, and I want to think about bigger things and I want to settle into the atmosphere a little. See, I really like this approach. I always came at it from a similar but slightly different perspective. It struck me that these warnings about things that you're not allowed to do until you're 40 were basically just a way of saying to us, you know, there are very powerful things out there in the world. And if you try them too early before you really know yourself, you may mistake yourself for these things and vice versa. You may think that, you know, Kabbalah or Jewish mysticism is what life is about. You may think that drinking to excess is what life is about. Once you've matured a little bit and you know who you truly are, then you understand that 
none of these things could actually ever really change you. They could enhance some qualities that are already inherent in you. They could alter your relationship to the universe, but they can't create a new meaning in you that wasn't already kind of built into or baked into the system. I guess I would say that I think of it the same way, except I see it from the other end of the lens. Like to me, it's that you can't get out of these things, the fullness of what they have to offer at points in your life where you have responsibilities and, and needs that are baser. Right. So it's not simply that you will mistake Kabbalah or alcohol for the entirety of your life. It's just that they simply don't work the way that they're supposed to. You're not going to get as much out of them. So tell me about how they work now. How is drinking, with all these caveats aside, how is drinking different for you now than it was, say, when, when, when we were in our 20s? Because I remember drinking with you since we were in our 20s. And I think right. it has changed for us, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting question. We're more meditative drinkers now. We, we certainly enjoy slightly different things. We certainly enjoy it in a different way. Uh, yeah, I would say that I'm a less experimental drinker. The adventurous aspect of drinking is kind of gone for me. So I'm not the kind of person that goes to a restaurant and orders the lavender cocktail or whatever's there. Like, it's not interesting to me. I'd rather have a very, very, very good martini because I know that I really like very, very good vodka martini. So I think that there's something more deliberative about drinking, maybe, you know, more sober. <laughs> I, I don't know how to put it. It's like, it's, it's less about going out and getting, you know, really tipsy and having a blast at a party and more about, you know, having a looser conversation with people I love and care about and respect at the end of a long day where you want to be a little more open and I guess that what I would say is, is that in this time, there's so much going on in the world. And I feel like, I think a lot of parents feel like I'm white knuckling every day just to get through the various parts of managing lives right now in a time where our domestic lives are themselves a challenge, let alone the world around us, which is putting forth a bunch of serious and, and demanding and important questions to each of us. But it's very hard to white knuckle your way through a whole day and then try to have a big thought at the end of it. To me, the benefit to a drink at the end of the day right now is that it allows me to transition from my workaday tasks that I've now successfully, hopefully checked off most, if not all of them, to like maybe actually having a thought or writing something interesting. It's like almost like your daily Havdalah ceremony of setting aside one part of the day to the other. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of great. Yeah, I yeah. let's look at it that way now. I'm going to present that. My martini is actually besamen. Alana Nuhas, even though you drink your martinis with vodka, which as far as I'm concerned is an affront to man and God alike, <laughs> I always cherish your wisdom and your friendship. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks for having me. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. 
Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Soon.